The evil that men do lands on. We gonna bang your head! You are now listening to the Music Mania podcast, a hard-hitting show featuring all things hard rock and heavy metal. And now here are your hosts, the twins of chaos, Clint Switzer and Paul Lagana. Hello and thank you for joining us here on the Museum Indian Podcast. I am Clint Schweitzer. Paul Lagana joining me here. You are locked and loaded with us here. And Paul, do we have a guest for you today? Mr. Joel Hoekstra from White Snake is going to be joining us from on the road in Oslo, Norway. Wow. That, that, that's uh, via Skype, so hopefully yeah. we have uh, you know, no uh, communication issues. Uh, but no, great to be joined by Joel. He's one of the good guys in the business. And I tell you what, Paul... Joel has, we we use the term a lot that musicians have done it all. Joel has literally done it all from Night Ranger. He's, you know, recorded with Ted Nugent, Dee Snyder. He was in Trans-Siberian Orchestra. And now White Snake, they're on their greatest hits tour and they're in Norway. Clint, Joel's resume is incredible. I mean, uh, just go to his uh, Facebook page or or his bio page. Sure. You will absolutely see what we're talking about. I mean, unbelievable musicians and, and this guy himself uh, a classical guitarist as well uh he's done it all well white snake has had a history of great musicians playing with them i mean you know the just the guitarist from john sykes to doug aldrich i mean uh you know drummers like cozy powell i mean tommy aldrich red beach is in the band right now this white snake and david coverdale have always surrounded himself with uh, top of the line musicians they're on their greatest hits tour now joel hoekster is a part of that and uh you know great to him to have this gig and also we want to talk about um our album of the week which is actually joel hoekstra 13's dying to live that is our album of the week we're talking about it right here we're going to ask him about it It was released in october it's got great musicians on it like vinnie apice former music media podcast alum jeff scott soto and russell allen on vocals basically joel put together a hard rock album here um you know and and he did a great job we've been we've been rocking this thing all week you got to check this out i mean when I, I first came across it uh, about a month ago, I guess it was, and, and I was just blown away. I mean, him, the guitar solos in particular are incredible. He wrote every song on this album. Uh, the lead singers. Yeah, you got Jeff Scott Soto and uh, Russell Allen both coming in. Jeff Scott Soto, of course, you know, Journey fame. It's a it's a great rock album, and I think uh, everyone's gonna gonna like this thing. And, and Joel Hoekstra has done so much. He worked with, uh, of course, Join White Snake in 2014, working on the Purple album, and now on to the Greatest Hits tour. And uh, you know, White Snake out there doing. They did a big run of U.S. dates earlier in the year. And now they're in Europe for the summer, and I can't wait, man. Joel Hoekstra, what a guy! And uh, it's just it's just a pleasure for us. We love doing this. We love having on guys like him, oh, and they the, the stories they have and the tales they tell that's that's what makes this show what it is absolutely clinton uh again joel hoekstra for me uh, one of the top five i believe one of the top five uh, uh for me that i've come across in a long time well i'll tell you what uh without further ado we're gonna go ahead and bring on our very special guest he's joining us live from oslo norway on the white snake greatest hits tour joel hoekstra joel welcome to the show man how's everything going buddy Everything's going great, Clint. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, we're having a, a great tour, man. As you said, it's the, the greatest hits tour this year, so the set list is just 
it's a White Snake fan's dream, man. I mean, every song is recognizable, and it just makes our my job easier. I mean, it's when the audience knows all the songs, boy, it sure sure goes a lot easier. Well, White Snake has a, a long lineage, a, a lot of songs, and I mean, David Coverdale's been at this for so long. I mean, what just talk about kind of what what it's like working with uh, with David and and what he's been able to accomplish in the music business. I mean, he's you know into his sixties now. I'm not trying to date anyone here, but my gosh, he's still on top of his game. His vocals are still one of the best in rock. I mean, just kind of talk about what it's like working with him. David's great. I mean, he's he's been really great to work for and work with. Um, he's really supportive of all his players. You know, he he really goes out of his way to uh, build us all up um, individually and collectively, uh, which I totally appreciate. And uh, he just. He's very clear about what he expects from you. I mean, at the end of the day, even what I do is a job, and you're expected to be responsible and and all that good stuff. And that's really all it comes down to with David in terms of um, getting his respect is you have a clear communication and do your job and um, give him the very best you got every time out. Well, you, uh, I'm totally into man. Absolutely, and, and you worked with the, the with the band on the uh, Purple album, which came out uh, recently, and then uh, did the Purple tour, and now here we are in this this great assist tour. You guys did a lot of uh, U.S. dates, and now here you are uh, all over Europe this summer. I mean, my gosh, what uh, what's kind of the difference when you talk about uh, um, in America? Uh, White Snake has such a large appeal. Of course, David's uh, British himself, and the, the band sort of has like a worldwide appeal. Kind of what's the difference been uh, touring touring bringing this tour to um, you know the states versus over there in europe so far uh yeah i mean i i think most people in the states are mainly familiar with white snake from the slided in album and then of course the 87 album which had all the you know still of the night and here i go again and whatnot and then the, the follow-up slip of the tongue that seems to be in the u.s what most people are familiar with and that includes me because that's basically what i grew up on um, obviously, when I joined the band, I went back and, and listened to the whole catalog and everything. But there's a lot of diehards in the UK that really appreciate the, the, the blues background of Whitesnake. And um, it was a popular band in the UK um, long before um, it was in America. So, yeah, there's a little bit of a difference in terms of the opinion of what the greatest hits are <laughs> yeah. uh, from place to place. but. There's a great level of support internationally for this band, and and that was another one of the appealing factors um, for me in joining Whitesnake is um, a lot of the touring I had done previously was a lot of United States, and this really gave me an opportunity to um, uh, get out and see the world a bit more and and get some new fans, and um, it hasn't disappointed in that regard. Well, Joel, you've been with Whitesnake now for about, what, two years, I think. Uh, just kind of describe a little bit about how it came about and how you actually got uh, got into the band. Uh, yeah, well, I think it, it was a combination of me putting out some feelers about the gig when I heard it was available and some well-respected people recommending me to David Coverdale. Um, chiefly amongst those, really, Phil Carson, who manages Foreigner, and... Um, also a twisted sister a bit as well i believe he's still involved with but um i think phil recommended me to david and that really um turned his head and he'd already been hearing my name a little bit and that led to an audition which basically amounted to me playing a little bit to the pre-production stuff for the purple album david put up lady double dealer and gave me a shot at um, laying down a solo on it and that went really 
well and really quickly and wrote a little harmony solo on there that followed after and um, then we did some singing and ate dinner and I was offered the gig well it's it's uh, you know you talk about having a reference you could you have a re- you could probably have a reference from about anywhere between 50 and 500,000 uh, uh musicians that you've worked with over the years Joel because my goodness from I mean your your career has been has been just so wide ranging I mean you've worked with got D Snyder, Ted Nugent, you've been a Night Ranger, you know Robin Zander, I could sit here and name you know everyone that you've worked with I mean you did the uh, Rock of Ages um production and movie I mean just all these things that you've done, what a career. I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, you've well, just done so much. I leave on the bio anybody who I've either been on a recording with or shared the stage with. And so some of that is a little deceptive. It's like some people are on my bio that I've only played with a time or two or appear on one song with, like in Ted's case. That's just I'm on a Night Ranger bonus track for coming of age that ted played on as well uh so i mean some of that stuff is like okay yeah but at the same time i'm proud of that because it's like hey i'm on a track playing guitar and with ted nugent and that's cool to me um and then of course but i think most people probably know me from obviously working with night ranger and the show rock of ages and trans-siberian orchestra are really the gigs leading up to white snake that most people know me from um, and scrap metal a bit, and, and Jim Peterick's World Stage is really what got me um, a lot of that stuff. Got me started with Night Ranger, really through playing with Jim. Well, White Snake has has a lineage of, of just some of the best musicians uh, in rock history. You know, working w- with David. I mean, from John Sykes to Doug Aldrich to Cozy Powell. I mean, Tommy Aldridge. The, the, just kind of talk about the the band now because David's always surrounded him or surrounded himself with amazing musicians and now you've got uh you know the the lineup now which uh, you, Red Beach playing opposite of him is unbelievable Michael Devin of course on bass Tommy Aldridge a beast on drums I mean he's been in the band before but White Snake's always had these wonderful musicians and now the the group now I mean it's as good as it's ever been man um, well, yeah, that's all a matter of opinion, of course, and, and you know, I don't want to toot our own horn, but we, we love this lineup. Um, we get along really well, which helps. There's chemistry there. Um, and, yeah, like you said, playing with Reb is great. He's a great guitar player, and I think we get off on playing rhythm together a lot, oddly enough, of all the things. Um, but we really love uh, locking and trying to be really tight on the riffs, and um, Tommy Aldridge, in my opinion, really gives this current lineup a lot of character. Um, he has a distinctive sound that is Tommy Aldridge. He sounds just like Tommy. Um, you know, some guys like myself. I mean, I ha- I do have my own style, but I, I I think maybe it's not as recognizable as Tommy's style, and um, maybe as definitive as Tommy's style. So. Um, it, that's really his forte, I think, in this lineup. And we've got a nice hybrid of, of guys like myself and Michele Lupi, our keyboard player, who are newer to the band and enthusiastic about it, and guys like Reb and Tommy, who know the lay of the land really well and know the ins and outs of working with David. And, yeah, we, we really enjoy working with each other, and I think it's a good lineup, and the, the fans certainly have... I feel like welcomed me into the band uh, with open arms. I'm very very appreciative of that because, like you said, there's a 
there's quite a history of great musicians. And at the end of the day, man, it just comes down to me doing the best I can with it on a daily basis and getting down to, like I talked about with David, just treating it like it's a job, um, giving it my all and making sure that there would be no regrets if something did go wrong, where I could always say, well, I did absolutely the best I could with it in terms of trying to make the fans happy and uh, make David happy and the other guys in the band. Um, so that's what my focus is. Awesome. And you guys, <clears throat> you guys are keep, keep rolling along, which is great, man. I, I, it, the sound is just extraordinary. But uh, Joel, I want to talk a little bit about uh, something that I came across here recently, actually, in the last couple of months, and that's uh, Joel Hoxtra's 13, man. That is an incredible project for you guys. And uh, I, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about, you know, how that came about and uh, you know, is there a future involved in that? Because uh, a couple of those songs were unbelievable. Dying to Live, I believe, is the name of the uh, CD. So just talk a little bit about that project. Yeah, I had three solo albums out years ago that were basically instrumental guitar albums, like you'd expect from a guitar player. I had two of them were kind of rock fusion, and one was a fingerstyle acoustic CD. So um, that was kind of before things took off for me in the hard rock scene. So um, obviously through playing with Night Ranger and Rock of Ages and, and Trans-Siberian Orchestra and White Snake, I was building up a fan base of people going, you should make a solo album of rock music. And so basically that's what this is. Um, the difference is it, it's not a guitar album. It's really kind of sounds like a band, uh, but it's not a band. I, I wrote everything on it. I wrote all the lyrics and the vocal melodies and basically all the musicians kind of did me a solid, and did me a favor and helping out on the album. So I, I thought the appropriate thing was to give it a side project name, and hence the Joel Hoekstra's 13. I just kind of thought of that as, well, that'll be my rock side project. And, and I do enjoy writing songs and not just guitar opuses these days anyway. That's kind of been done by everybody ad nauseum. So um, anyway, uh, it's a terrific lineup. Vinnie Appice on drums and Tony Franklin on bass, killer rhythm section right there, and two of the best singers in rock today, really, and Russell Allen and Jeff Scott Soto, and Derek Sherinian did a great job on keyboards of putting the finishing touches on everything. It was very exciting for me. I mean, I felt like it was it gained me a lot of new fans and um, just opened a lot of doors. I think for me in the future. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, Vinny Apice, a former Music Mania podcast alum, had him on just a couple months ago. And just, you know, Paul and I both listened to this album. It's great stuff. I think it was described as, at its heaviest, it's 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 uh, can be compared to Dio, and at its softest, it could be compared to Foreigner. So is that is that accurate, yeah. would you say? <laughs> yeah, that kind of became the model. I mean, I, I definitely wrote uh, around the personnel so I, I knew I was starting the first people that kind of came into play were Tony Franklin and then Vinny Apice so I knew obviously right there I didn't want to make it a, a, a progressive CD or anything like that I just felt like hey man let's write a cool straight ahead hard rock CD um, along the lines of um, that early Dio stuff which I love uh, Dio and, and Rainbow was also in the back of my mind as a model for what I could think of it as. Um, and then some of the lighter songs, yeah, they come off more like that Jolyn Turner era Rainbow or Foreigner-ish, I would describe some of those those tracks. Um, but yeah, I just tried to make it straight ahead rock. I didn't want to reinvent the wheel on the CD or try and be um, uh, inventive uh, to some 
super high degree. It's one of the great straight ahead rock album of songs the way I'd want to hear them as a fan, if that makes sense. So I avoided really long guitar solos and avoided um, just trying to show off for the sake of showing off. Everything on it was really about just making some cool rock songs. Absolutely. And and, uh, one particular song that I enjoyed was Until I Left You. I mean, uh, take, you know, Talk about taking me back to, you know, uh, my rock days. Uh, unbelievable song. So uh, we uh, we were just, we were blown away when we heard uh, actually the whole album. Yeah, and Jeff Thanks. Scott Soto's on that one, right? That's a Jeff Scott Soto hey. song, yeah. Yeah, that's Jeff on there. That I had come up with that one really kind of out of my, I really love stuff like Jangle Pop too, like Tom Petty and, and the Goo Goo Dolls, which I kind of, um, think of that song a little bit of having a little of their influence in an odd way. I mean, that, that stuff appeals to me. It has melody and, and real songs. So I didn't know if it was going to be right for the album, but I thought, well, I'll go ahead and everybody record it. And then by the time you get all these players putting their personality and spin on it, it sounded like it fit on the album. So um, in the end, I'm really glad I, I did include it. Well, Joel, something interesting about you, I mean, uh, as I've read it, you're uh, the son of, of classical musicians, and I've always find this interesting when it comes to guitar players, because we've talked to guitar players uh, like Chris Broderick from Megadeth, guys that kind of grew up uh, classically trained as guitarists, and the difference between a guy that just walks up like an ace freely and starts teaching himself how to play versus kind of someone that comes from a classical background. I mean, you did come from that classical background. I always found that interesting in rock, how people find their way to the instrument in different ways, and yet it all kind of winds up in the same place in this in this wonderful world of rock. But but just kind of talk about your upbringing and your um, you know introduction to the instrument and just kind of growing up in a in a musician's uh, home, really. Yeah, my parents had me going early on cello at three and piano at seven, and I didn't really take to either one, to be (laughs) honest. At that age, I just wanted to play baseball or whatever, you know, I I didn't necessarily um, like it, and and I think I was 11 when I heard ACDC for the first time, and that changed everything, and um, I went to my parents saying I wanted to play guitar, and I just had visions of being Angus Young, basically, so... Um, despite the fact I did have that early classical influence in my life, and I did spend a couple years in college um, just playing classical guitar and not playing electric when I was, uh, gosh, about 17 through 19 years old, um, the majority of my playing has been spent doing rock stuff. But I, I've also spent time playing jazz and tried to be a well-rounded musician and play different styles. I mean. I've played in hip-hop bands and uh, Motown bands and, um, gosh, I mean, you name it, man. <laughs> you know, I feel like I've done every kind of gig there is, background classical and background jazz and um, all that stuff was good for me in terms of making me a well-rounded musician. And, and these are the things that guys like me ended up doing who didn't get that early wave of the guitar being a popular instrument. Uh, by the time I got to Hollywood to go to GIT in, gosh, I guess, 91, uh, the guitar scene just died. It was like, Smells Like Teen Spirit came out, and that was that. The grunge invasion. <laughs> Shrapnel Records went up, uh, you know, in vapor. and uh, So <laughs> I, I kind of had to find ways to be a pro guitar player and make myself valuable and be able to better myself as a musician so all that stuff i feel like in the end has really paid off for me it made me a more well-rounded player than somebody who just kind of um is a one-trick pony so to speak no doubt about it and well-rounded is a a great term for you Uh, so let me ask you this joel uh 
what would be what you would say would be the most gratifying uh, of everything you've done so far? You know, obviously through the '90s and and today with White Snake. What what would is the most gratifying for you? Just that I made it this far, making a living at it, bro. I mean, it's yeah. so tough yeah. to do. There's so many great players out there that don't necessarily get the opportunity to build a great career. Um, they are indeed two different things. I mean, I, I think there's lots of great guitar players out there who are struggling with their careers and vice versa. There's lots of people out there with slamming careers who aren't the best guitar players either. So um, they're not necessarily the same thing, although they can certainly aid each other. So I'm just happy to be still doing this, that the, the window hasn't closed on me at any point in time where I was forced to start waiting tables or something like that to make a living, you know, because right. I'd be screwed. I really have no skills in life outside of this. So um, that's pretty much the whole definition of success for me. If I can just get through um, my life, making a living doing this i'm good well you're out there in uh, oslo norway uh with white snake shows coming up uh this week and all through the summer you're out there hanging out i mean what do you what do you do out there in norway you're in scandinavia i told you beforehand you know not to get caught up in any black metal church burnings or anything like that while you're out there so hopefully you're just chilling out and what, what do you do when you're out there just hanging out in norway today like other than talk to us which i know is a highlight of course you know, I only got to the room here just a few hours before right now, and I just squeezed in my workout, and that's about it, and called home. So I'm about to go explore once we're done with the uh, the podcast here, and I'm going to go see what's happening in Oslo. It's my first time here, so I really I couldn't tell you yet. Well, hopefully there's uh, some adventures out there. You guys got a lot, a lot of dates. And go to whitesnake.com, check out all the tour dates. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'll tell you what, Joel Hoekster 13 at Joel Hoekster 13 on Twitter. Hopefully you're not out there trying to find Pokemon or anything like that because there's a business to at hand here for Whitesnake and uh, a lot of shows coming up. So, you know, Joel, I, I just tell you what, I can't, I can't uh, thank you enough for coming on uh, the Music Mania podcast, talking with us. Man, this is what we, we love to do. We love to hear the stories from the musicians themselves. That's what we do. Man, I just can't uh, can't think enough, and we got to get this tour back to the states and back to Kansas City where we are, so we can uh, come say hello in person. Man, we got to make that happen. Yeah, well, we're doing everything we can to make sure David wants to keep on going with this. He's having a good time with this lineup right now, so we're just trying to be uh, supportive and have fun, and and hopefully we'll have a nice long U.S. run next year. I don't know. Fingers are crossed. Yeah, absolutely. Those two. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so I'll tell you what, have fun out there. We'll let you go. We kept you longer than we had anticipated, but uh, the stories were so good, man. We love we love hearing from you. Have fun out there in Norway uh, and don't get in any trouble, of course. That's, uh, that's you know, you, again, just just stay away from the black metal guys. I know they're lurking around probably with their face paint on. So have a great show, man, in Oslo and a great rest of the tour, man. We really appreciate it. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it, Joel. All right. Bye-bye. Clint, we can't thank Joel enough for being on our show. Uh, the guy was incredible, so incredibly talented, so incredibly uh, and professional. Because yeah, we deal with a well lot of spoken as well. Well, yeah, and we deal with a lot of musicians, and we interview a lot of people. And it's always a challenge because we're here in the Midwest. Most musicians are on the East or West Coast. Trying to schedule time wise is usually a nightmare. Joel is in Oslo, Norway. And he basically said, hey, I'm uh, seven hours ahead of you. It should be one o'clock your time when I call. Is that going to work for you? 
Wow, absolutely. And what, what a professional guy, man. And uh, it just a uh, huge pleasure. And definitely check out his side project, Joel Hoekstra 13. It's Dying to Live. It came out in October. We are rocking that album. Paul, we are rocking the summer away. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's just been a, it's been a great summer so far. I hope everyone's out there enjoying some good rock shows. And here at the Music Mania Podcast, we plan on keeping the momentum going on through the summer, into the fall. No doubt Although about fo- it. Well, football season, though, derail derail no. us because it is absolutely our time of year when when football right. hits as well so well yeah, double dose we're, we're, we're huge sports fans <laughs> but we're also huge music fans and uh it's incredible this time of the year with the weather being the way it is uh you know you outdoor indoor doesn't matter hey thanks so much for joining us in the music mini podcast uh, be sure to hit us up on our social medias facebook twitter instagram thanks for downloading on itunes give us a star rating give us a uh, thumbs up. I don't know if that's a, that's not a thing. Uh, maybe on tw- on YouTube you can do the thumbs up. I always get confused. These things are uh, just you just can go give play- us a fu- thumbs up on Facebook. Just go well. play Pokemon Go or something. <laughs> that's that's what you really want to do. Right. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, catch you on the next time and uh, appreciate it.